0: Hello adventurers, I'm Josie Thompson and welcome to You Can Shine podcast, where I explore real stories of real people, just like you and I, who have faced adversities and trials and won. Today I'm here with Maite Miguelis. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. I met Maite about four years ago when I participated in one of her Maya yoga workshops, and it's a yoga therapy modality for optimized healing and well-being. Now Maite is a former global corporate banker as well as a successful health and wellness coach and she's also a yogi and an energy cultivation teacher. Maite has also had her own share of adversity. Maite is a partner to Gie and also mother to a fur baby all the way from Chile named Gooby. And a fun fact is that in her spare time, Maite loves to play soccer. And in fact, she was just telling me that she started playing when she was a little girl in Mexico. And at the time, she was one of very few females playing soccer at the club. So welcome, Maite Miguelis.
1: Oh, many thanks, Josie. It's a pleasure being here with you and sharing my story with your audience and saying that, yes, you can shine.
0: Yes, thank you. Looking forward to hearing all about it. So, Maite, I've done a little rundown of some of the career highlights of your life, but tell us your real story, the story underneath. Who is Maite Ligeles and what are some of the formative experiences that have shaped your life
1: well definitely what shaped my life was uh, playing soccer and being the um, one of the few girls that was playing at that time so I used to play in the beginning with boys and then when I started playing with the female team that I pushed the school and, and all my mates to become the part of the team, female team, so I was one of the best players because I had experience playing with my brother and with my friends, always in a, in a boys team, but suddenly I started playing with girls, and I was one of the best. And then I... I... So tell me, how was that a formative experience for you? Well, formative in the sense that I as being one of the best players in the team, I, I had to teach the other my other friends how to play soccer, teaching them the the rules, what was the meaning of being outside or the the meaning of many things about soccer. Teaching them how to move in the court, how to uh, follow the ball, how to play in a, as a team, no teamwork. So that's why it was very important for me, and also because at that time my parents used to say that soccer was for boys, not for girls. So for me, it was a very formative because I had to really kind of fight for. My dreams mm. My dream was to play soccer, and seems like at that time it was all against me playing soccer, so mm. I fight for it. I did everything on my hands to play
0: mm. so I really like what you said about fighting for my dreams. Tell me how has that become a theme in your life since then?
1: Well, then one of my dreams was to to travel the world, to, to go out overseas, no, out of Mexico. I was born in Mexico and I was always going to Spain because my dad is from Spain and my grandparents in Spain were there. So every time I was visiting them, they invited me to stay. And for me, it was very challenging invitation, but I, I always dream about living in Spain as well. So in university, I went to to Spain, I studied in Santander, the north of Spain, and then I uh, belonged to the soccer team, and it was also paying when, when we had a, a match outside of Santander, they used to pay us for the meals and for they gave us all the equipment, so for me was that a, a dream coming true.
0: Yes, absolutely. ...of the the team. Mm.
1: And um, then the connection with Santander was also related with my beginning, my career in the bank, Uh, Santander Bank. And I started with that uh, concept of being the best. I started in a program that was for for new talents. At that time, they, they had that name in a local program in Mexico that allowed me to go in a different um, areas or departments of the bank. So I was always feeling that I was the best. And then I met one of my bosses in the bank that is, in my opinion, the best leader I ever had in my career. Julián Colombo, he also pushed me up to belong to an international program that also sent me to Spain. And then the bank sent me to Chile. In the beginning, it was for two years, but then I stayed there 11 years.
0: So then you found yourself in a totally different area altogether from banking. How did that
1: happen? Well, it started when, when the bank sent me to Chile. And it it was a big challenge because I didn't know anyone in Chile. I didn't know anything about South America. It was a huge challenge for me, and also in a, with a good with a good job that I didn't know anything about it, so it's coming to a job that apparently you are coming because you are the best, but I didn't know anything, so it was challenging to face this situation and being able to shine when I didn't know how so that was a very important experience of my life that i had a few times
0: so how did you overcome that i guess anxiety about not knowing how what did you do that worked for you
1: well one of my my friends that was actually my psychologist in mexico she recommended me to practice yoga so i that's why i started with yoga practice and i and she also connected me with um one of my best friends now, that at that time he was the president of the Pindal Foundation, is a doctor, Claudio Mendez. And he invited me to his courses that he was teaching an integrative medicine that is is Synergética, that now I'm hosting Synergética training here in Australia because I loved it. And I connected yoga with that uh, medicine of synthesis. And that's why, and that's how My Yoga Australia started. It was born, yeah, Yeah. with um, with the integration of of those things. Yeah. So, uh, and then I was doing great in the bank. Instead of two years, suddenly it was 11 years that I was there. And there in Chile, I met my my wife, that is an Australian girl. So that's why I came to Australia, because of her. I had to quit my career. At that time, I was already with 15 years in my career. And it was a very hard decision to, to do in a sense that quitting my career, but very easy in another way because it was a good adventure to come to Australia to face a totally different life. No? So I like that, that aspect of the adventures. So. I quit, but then when I came, again, I faced a very big challenge of apparently being the best, but having no job, no income. I wasn't speaking English um, as fluent as now. So not easy to find a job, not easy to find friends. I faced a, a, a huge challenge again when I moved. To Australia. It was in the beginning in Sydney. And for the first year, it was all about having um, a no as an answer. Finding a job? No. Looking for an opportunity? No. But suddenly everything started changing. And I found a a place in Sydney, the West Street Wellbeing gave me the opportunity to teach yoga there and they told me that because in Chile I studied yoga as to as a teacher teacher training but here in Australia they say no you need another certificate australian certificate so i did it in sydney in the yoga institute and then my my yoga started because my wife my wife told me okay, so if you cannot go back to the bank, because here was not easy to start my career in a bank, even though my experience, the banks here were asking me for experience mm. local. No, So my wife told me, okay, I support you, you do whatever you want. And I knew I had this um, fascination for the well-being and Connecting yoga with the medicine of synthesis. So that's when I told her, yes, I want to do this. And also in uh, one of my trips, I went to Thailand. One in one of my trips before coming to Australia, and I was a certified Tao instructor. I Mm -hmm. studied with Master Mantak Chia. So then I told my wife, okay, if you give if you give me the opportunity to do whatever I want. I wanna do this. And I created my Yoga Australia. I finished my certificate as a yoga teacher here. I did more certification with the universal healing Tao system. And I was ready to shine. And then my wife had a promotion and from Sydney, we were moving to Brisbane. And again, starting all over. Again, in Brisbane, I
0: yeah. did nothing. So, so tell me, you're all—you know, faced with all these no's when you were used to being this high performer, you know, in, in the banking area, and then all of a sudden you come here and there's all these obstacles to you getting a yes. I mean, how did that affect you? And, and what supported you to get through that and not give up?
1: Well, it affected me a lot and in in an emotional perspective and what was helping me was all the tools that I learned in the Tao releasing um, what we call negative emotions but we know negative is part of the yin and yang no so I was able to see my emotion but but it affected me a, a, a lot I wasn't Doing very well. But then I started working with the family business here with my wife's parents, my parents in law. And apparently it was going well. I was doing my best. I started hosting the Hands for Healing online training. So I brought Synergetica to Australia. I was in meetings with the International Association of Synergetica, doing all this about um, self health management. And I I was doing courses, workshops where I met you. I was doing my best. Mm. And suddenly one day.
0: In 2022.
1: Yeah, last year. My wife called me and said, the ambulance is going to pick you up. You're going to hospital now. What? And yes, the thing is that I started having headaches. And because I don't like to take medicines, I I continued with the headaches for more than three weeks. So my parents-in-law, my, my Aussie family, as I call them, mm. my parents-in-law and my wife were pushing me to go to see doctors, that I was a little bit uh, not happy with that mm. because I, I thought I was able to heal myself and something was happening with my head, but, well, I'm able to heal. They say, no, 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 Mike, it's going too long, go. Okay. So after seeing three doctors, the third one finally sent me to an MRI, and the results of the MRI were go to hospital right now. Mm -hmm. So my wife called me, she said the ambulance was coming to pick me up and I didn't know what was happening. Mm. I I thought this is too much, no? They are, uh, sometimes in Australia, they put things in a very high. So they didn't tell you what it was? He didn't no, say no, no, no. that
0: they found anything on the MRI no. just said go so to hospital now?
1: When the ambulance came, mm. I asked them why and they came to pick me up. And they saw me and they said, ah, can you walk? They say, of course. Ah, okay, so can you come to the ambulance? Yes, of course. I just have a headache. And they were surprised that I was able to walk. They were surprised that I was able to go into the ambulance by myself. And I told them, what's happening? Why I don't need to go to hospital? Maybe better, don't. no, I don't go. They said, no, 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 yes. We came to pick you up. You must go. Okay, so in the ambulance, I asked them, and they say they cannot tell me anything. They actually they don't know. They just they had the, the emergency call that i supposed to go to hospital. Okay, so... Who, I, who called them? My wife. Because ah, okay. the doctor called my wife to tell her that something was wrong in the MRI, that I need to go to hospital in the emergency. So as soon as I arrived in the hospital, I came with my dad, my father-in-law, my Aussie dad. And he also didn't know what was happening. He came with me in the ambulance, also surprised as me, and we didn't know what was happening. And and I started asking, but why am here? What's happening? We cannot tell you. I'm just a nurse. The doctor needs to come and tell, talk to you. Please call the doctor. Please, What's happening?
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: know. And suddenly the doctor came and he said, OK, you had an MRI? Yes. OK, is something weird in your brain? And I say, of course, it's a Mexican brain. Hmm. You Maybe you are used to see Australian brain and it might be... <laughs>
0: okay.
1: And they started looking at me like I was crazy, like those movies that the person in the hospital is treated as a crazy disease or something. And it's not true. I was, I, I, I was just having a headache, so I didn't know what was happening. So
0: there were no other symptoms for you. There was nothing else that concerned you that something might have been
1: not good. Um, one of my workmates told me that I wasn't um, stable on my feet. Okay. That was her words. So, yeah, I I, I was a little bit dizzy, but not too bad. And I uh, had some uh, nausea. Okay, but no I, major... No major okay. thing. Mm-hmm. I was just not feeling good. And they told me I wasn't looking good. So apparently okay. it was more um, that I wasn't looking good, but I wasn't feeling too bad.
0: So here you are, rushed to hospital. You didn't know what was happening. You're told that you have uh, a gliobastoma.
1: Biobastoma. Or at the stage, I didn't know. Well, at that point in the hospital, I didn't know. Now I know that the diagnosis was uh, brain cancer, glioblastoma.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And in one of those days in hospital, they told me it's the most aggressive cancer that grows very fast. Mm. And they told me something like, I have just months life. Like my life is gonna end in six months unless I take action and they do the urgent neurosurgery. So for me, it was a big shock thinking yeah. that they... Need, they want to open my head and i was mm. thinking my head is very strong you know like the the mm. scalp how are you gonna open that scarf? They- so
0: Marty, i mean i'm just trying to think about being rushed to hospital not knowing what's going on and then being told in emergency by the doctor you've got brain cancer and we need to act now like what was going through your head how could you make a decision that was based on clarity
1: well first i say no they were asking me questions like please your agreement to connect you to a breathing machine so i say no i look i teach breathing techniques i don't need a breathing machine And then they say, agreement to give you electroshocks. No. So at that time, my wife and my uh, parents-in-law were there, and they were desperate, trying to convince me to say yes to all these questions. Mm -hmm. Agreement to an urgent neurosurgery. I say, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) And, And I told them, you know what? I host an online training with medical doctors that are able to do magic and they're going to heal me without any other surgery. And I was saying no to anything that the hospital was proposing. Mm. So my wife, very smart and very fast as she is, she connected in, in the phone, in like a FaceTime or I don't know what she did, but she put me with all the doctors in the phone telling me, Maite, you need to say yes. Mm. so guille told me maite these are all the doctors that you trust and they are all telling you yes because i i wasn't saying no just because i didn't trust the doctors in hospital i was saying no because i i couldn't believe what was happening
0: yeah and i think you also had a genuine belief that the modalities that that you were engaging in would be able to actually help you out of this situation. But then all of a sudden you've got these doctors that you trust saying, Mate, you need to have the surgery. So now you find yourself there and you go ahead with the surgery.
1: Yes, also I was able to connect with Master Mantak Chia and he also said, yes for the surgery so all my masters all the people that i trust was were telling me maite is a must you must have this neurosurgery Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and one of my the closest doctors they told me look maite this is a big challenge and i say and i was telling them yes this is the biggest challenge of my life i cannot believe this is happening
0: So what was the test? What was the challenge for you? Was it the fact that it was a brain cancer or was it, uh, you know, a shock and disbelief? What was the greatest test for you in all of that?
1: Well, I was teaching and hosting things related with self-health management Mm. and I was eating very well. I was doing my best to be healthy. And suddenly I have the most dangerous disease and I am in hospital with a, progno- a prognosis of six months' life. What? What's happening? Is, I thought this is a joke or is this a... Where is the camera? <laughs> Who is doing this to me? It's not true. It's something not right here. But no, the the... Biggest challenge was also to accept this is true, this is happening, this Mm -hmm. is the thing. So So,
0: so what did you learn from all of that?
1: Well, the lesson that was my big challenge was integration. So it's not that the, the medicine of synthesis is not about being able to use your hands to heal and nothing else. Is integrating modern medicine with ancient wisdom, Chinese, all the medicine, all the tools that we have currently available in as for humanity, the, the big lesson was integration. It's not about a matter of choosing this or choosing that. No. As a whole, my my big lesson was to see things as a whole and stop judging.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. No
1: judgment. Another challenge for me was surrender. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That in Spanish the connotation is a bit different because entregarse is kind of quitting. It's not fight, not don't fight, just go with the flow. Mm -hmm. So quitting also connected me with that part when I quit the bank and when everything started going wrong and It was a big big challenge of Mm. trust. Okay. Mm. Mm. This is happening and I'm in good hands. Mm. And life is giving me this because of a reason. Mm. And I'm what what was
0: the reason for you, Maite?
1: Well, I became aware of many things that I wasn't aware of, especially about love. Love and everything that I was studying and also somehow also teaching suddenly became my lesson and I was there as a student. So I thought everything that I've been teaching is for me to learn. Well, we know we always talk about self-love, self-awareness, the importance of knowing yourself and this was the big lesson for me this this was the challenge was about loving myself being aware that the all the love around me and more of the self knowledge no knowing myself and that was the challenge and also some the tools to go uh, out of this trouble in a very positive way
0: so this is a journey that a lot of people and me included have had to learn and sometimes the hard way this this journey of self-love tell us how have you been progressing there what are you doing to to nurture and cultivate greater self-love
1: Well, uh, when all this uh, diagnosis started, uh, a little bit before that, I wasn't feeling good in the sense that um, I thought I was doing all wrong because I didn't have the income that I used to have. I didn't have the best job that I used to have. I didn't have friends or a lot of friends. I thought it was just the, you know, the... Perception is also a projection. Mm-hmm. So the perception that I had of my life, it was a disaster. I, I was not being loved, not having friends, away way of my family, uh, a way of all my loved ones, kind of alone. And suddenly with all this, I realized I have a Nazi family. My family in the world is with me. My parents came and stayed with me for more than almost six months. So that was a gift. And suddenly I realized I became aware of how lucky I am, how blessed I am. And I wasn't looking at it as a as blessing. So I became aware of the blessings. I became aware of the love. And and I was able then to love myself in a different way, cause not judgment, not not being too hard on myself, saying like no, I'm I'm not doing well, I'm not doing this, I'm not. Well, suddenly I realized yes, I'm I'm everything that I was dreaming about, I'm doing it. Mm. So you
0: think that that whole experience made you much more present and aware yes. of the blessings that yes. your life was actually yes. filled with, and enabled you to find a new relationship with yourself, which was more loving and less critical.
1: Yes, totally.
0: And what difference has that made to you now?
1: Well, I feel more aligned, more in love. I I feel more because that's uh, apparently I was thinking too much and not feeling Mm. and one of my teachers told me feeling is healing you just need Mm. to feel and well I cry as never before I was crying I couldn't talk without crying There
0: was a, a tsunami of emotion that yes. wanted to be validated and experienced that you'd been holding on to for all these years. Yes. So how is your life different now? What are the biggest, you know, takeaways from that whole experience for you?
1: Well, my relationship with my parents in law are so much better. I acknowledge them as my family because before I was seeing them as my wife's family. Mm. And I was feeling not loved and judged. Mm. So now I love them deeply. I know they love me. I feel the love. And not just with them, with the the whole family. Yeah, My my, my Aussie family, my friends. I realize I have sisters here,
0: Mm. brothers.
1: I have a big family that... And I was kind of missing my family, so I become I became aware that I do have family here. And I started seeing this cosmic family, not just in the theory, because in the Tao I was teaching to become aware of we are children of the cosmos. Mm. So as children of the cosmos, we are all siblings. Mm. That's lovely. And suddenly I became aware of my sisters, my brothers here. I, My heart exploded in love. I feel more in love with my heart open. Mm. And also, of course, my mind open.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Because <laughs> they so, need to open it. So what wisdom would you like to leave our audience with
1: today? Well, of course, there is Saranda. Trust, trust. Life is a higher self, higher forces, a spiritual life. I know uh, some quotes. Normally, I say it in Spanish, but in English, it's something like a, a life that is worth to live is a spiritual life. Mm. And I am d- not alive because I breathe. I am alive because I love. Mm. So beautiful spirituality in the sense of knowing that we are beyond our physical body mm. and i was teaching those things but going through this experience gave me the opportunity to experience it
0: for yourself for, for not myself. theory it was actually for real theory. yeah
1: Practice.
0: wonderful so, so mate if people want to connect with you or know more about you where can
1: i direct them to the website of Myoga My australia
0: Okay, great. I'll put that in the show notes today. Great. Thanks. Yes, Beautiful. And thank you. And if you know, like if people want to know more information about the things that you're doing, will that information be on the website as well?
1: Yes, I'm currently offering the Hands for Healing online training that is there. Beautiful. And I'm working in in more uh, things to offer, especially to the corporate world. Mm. Because Uh all this is the theory of becoming the CEO of yourself. Mm. So my healing process has been, because I went to hospital for the surgery, but then when I came out, I thought that was the end, but no. That was kind of the beginning because I started chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and the beginning was six weeks with everyday radiotherapy, and chemotherapy every day, going to hospital, and that was a huge challenge. Even bigger than being in the hospital, even bigger than going to the surgery, it was going to a uh, radiation every day with a mask that was uh, very tight. Mm-hmm. And I was so lucky, I was so blessed that I did all the preparation before. um, this leader that I mentioned before Julian Colombo he's the CEO of N5 but he was talking about being a CEO he's also uh, related with being prepared So
0: so is there anything you want to say about before we wrap up about what helped you the most to prepare
1: for that intensive treatment Well, to prepare is knowing myself because I knew many things about my heart, my lungs, my kidneys, my liver, my spleen, my pancreas, my sexual organs, my alignment, the sacred geometry within me. So every time I had a session in the radiotherapy that it was with a tight mask, not able to move, I was using my breathing techniques. I was using my meditation techniques, my sacred geometry, all the tools that I learned before. Mm, beautiful. I was prepared. Um, I couldn't be more prepared for, for this challenge. Um, yeah. Fine-tuning with the perception. Because, for example, in the beginning with the radiotherapy, I was kind of suffering because I thought it was like having a gun in my head because the radiotherapy was pointing in my brain and I was so scared. So I know kidneys, I related with fear. I was working with my kidneys. I knew how to release fear. I knew how to manage my emotions. And also I did, uh, I was... Because I belong to this healing or healer community, they gave me a lot of help tips. And they told me, No, Maite, don't see it as a gun in your head. See it as a cosmic laser that is going to erase or heal the brain tumor, brain cancer with a violet light, and feel the mask is a green light protecting all the rest of your body. So it was a matter of perspective, very fine-tuning that changed my life. My perception of what was happening changed the whole thing.
0: Wow, that's really beautiful, Maite. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think being able to reframe it like that is a much more empowering way to approach the whole healing journey, especially when it can be very frightening and very new. What an inspiration and true light you are in the world, Mater. You've shown us that no matter what the circumstances, you really can rise and shine again.
1: So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. And yeah, you can shine. I was using a song when the radiotherapy, another uh, doctor told me the diamond needs a lot of radiation to polish and become from the gold become a shine as diamond no Mm. the gold and it becomes diamond so it needs that process so it changed my perspective of being there in a very hard treatment i see suddenly i was able to see the whole treatment as a process for me to shine bright like a diamond beautiful
0: (laughs) I love that song. Thank you. Now, if Mate Miguelis can do it, so can you. If you like this podcast, share your comments and tell us what you loved about it. And also help us spread the love by sharing the link with your friends so that they can rise and shine too. So until next time, remember it's not what happens to you that defines you, it's how you respond that counts. Shine on.
1: You